This is Motley Fool Money. Welcome to Motley Fool Money, the podcast that has managed to avoid voluntary administration, at least for now. I'm Andrew Page, and with me is Scott Phillips. G'day, Andrew. G'day, fools. I've still got a couple of bucks in my pocket. I should be okay. Creditors aren't knocking down the door well, just yet. Not just yet. Not just yet. We've got the door locked at the studio. Not so the case for Net, uh, Network 10, and we'll be talking a lot about that today. Uh, it may not be long for this world. What is the state of play? Also, Qantas shares almost back to an all-time high after 11 years in the wilderness. Can the flying kangaroo continue to defy gravity and energy prices through the roof? Get ready for some pretty serious bill shock. What does it mean for you as a consumer and as an investor? But first, Scott. Andrew. Network 10. You know what my favorite line so far? One of our colleagues, I think it was Tom Richardson, said, I'm a Network 10 shareholder. Get me out of here. <laughs> oh, that, was, oh, that was a pretty good line. I'm, yeah, I'm going to give Tommy credit for that one. You could also, there's a Biggest Loser joke in there, yeah, I'm sure, somewhere. Plenty, isn't there? There's, there's a lot to do. No. Look, look how much shareholder value we've lost. You oh, win. Oh, man. And you know what? So, obviously, the news is, and, and, and everyone would have seen this, they're, yes. they're going into voluntary administration. They're in voluntary administration. Well, they're correct. in. We'll explain that in, in just a moment. But even before all of that, I mean, these guys were just struggling for the longest time. They, they must hold, will be very close to holding the record for the the biggest, most blatant destruction of shareholder value over the years. That's a tough field to be fair. That, that, is, a, that is a very crowded <laughs> field, un, un, unfortunately. But, but they've raised you know hundreds of millions and blown it up um, yeah. many, yeah. many yeah. times. Yep. Um, and it looks as though the, the roosters have finally come home to roost here. But first, if I can get you to put your legal eagle sort of hat on yes. here. Yes, as what, an official bush lawyer. Uh, yes. yes. Uh, um, what is a voluntary administration? Oh, God. <laughs> Let's, have, let's, entertain, let's entertain our listeners with a, with, a, with a long dissertation on voluntary. So here's the thing. Bankruptcy law in Australia allows you as a company to kind of try and get yourself out of trouble, or at least mm. let someone get you out of trouble. Mm. The, the story basically well, goes that more, if, more, more technically, the, the people who lent you money out of trouble, right? Correct, correct. So here's the, well, a bit of both, right? So the idea is basically it keeps the, you out of your creditor's hands for a little bit of time. Mm-hmm. The, the societal benefit is that if you can get a company kind of to keep going, People get paid their wages. People keep Suppliers get yep. paid back. It doesn't yep. disrupt business too much. If you had, yeah. you know, if Channel 10 had said, look, we can't pay the bills and literally just sw- turn the lights off, yep. turn the cameras off, went home, stu- signal goes blank, mm-hmm. the business becomes worth effectively zero. It becomes the value of the cameras and the, the editing desks they can sell to some poor bastard who wants to start a TV station. Right. This day and age, there's not many people, so there's not yeah. going to be much going on there. Mm. Voluntary administration allows the business to keep running while someone tries to sort the crap out, try, right. to, try to get Channel 10 back on its feet. That's what voluntary administration does. The legal definition, let's so there are people called administrators. Yep. Uh, Cortamenta that people would have heard of for the last 20 odd years came of age in the ANSET days and have done most of the high profile liquidation since. They've been called in. They now run the business mm. on behalf of, as you said, Andrew, mm. the creditors, the people who Channel 10 owes money to. Mm-hmm. That's their first responsibility. Yep. Along with employees. And if there's anything left at the end, maybe, just maybe, shareholders might see a couple of cents on the dollar. Yeah, right. And it, the other thing that it enables you to do is I guess you can break a bunch of contracts. So 10 is, is signed right. a bunch of very long-term contracts with studios over in the US to, to buy programs there. They're paying a pretty penny for that. Correct. They've paid uh, uh, money for sports broadcasting rights, et cetera, et cetera. So Correct. when you go into the voluntary administration, or VA as the cool kids like to say, 
when you're in BA, you can you can actually say, you know what, we're tearing this up. We're gonna we, we're gonna renegotiate that as well. So it gives them a little bit of extra uh, leeway and power there, right? Those kids who say VA aren't the cool kids. <laughs> I've, got, totally, I've, got, I've got to tell you, they dude, are totally not the cool. They kids. are not the cool kids. Yes, it does. It, it, yeah. Exactly. That's right. So yeah. it kind of it kind of puts you in this weird kind of you know purgatory state. You're not quite in heaven. You're not quite in hell. You're somewhere in between. It does exactly as you said. It lets you break some contracts, renegotiate those things. Yep. It gets you off the hook. And Channel 10's issue so far has been their ratings have sucked. Um, and it owes a whole lot of money to a whole lot of big US studios in particular, yep. but also some some local studios making some other content. Mm. And they're just not making enough money, to, not, the ratings aren't high enough to pay back some of those bills. Right. But they're obliged to pay the bills because they've signed multi-year contracts with some of those studios. Right. Voluntary administration lets them say, guys, it's been fun, but no, mm. we're out of here. Mm-hmm. Either we're going to renegotiate a lower price, recognizing mm. where we're at, yep. or we simply can say, bye-bye, we'll do our own content. Thanks very much. And, you know, look, not all is lost here. There, there, there is very much some potential for Channel 10. So they they, they go back to the table. They renegotiate some contracts. Oh, the other one we forgot to mention was the, uh, the broadcasting rights as well. So the government might reduce some of the fees there. We know that they've got a fairly bloated cost structure. When you look at them next to the likes of Channel 9 or Channel 7, the amount of money that they spend just sort of keeping the lights on and and running the show is much more expensive there. So in theory, you can come in, you can reduce your costs rather significantly, even without winning any extra market share or getting any extra revenue. You know, um, that stays the same, but your costs go down. All of a sudden you go from a loss to a profit. And then let's forget that they're, they're losing between 10 and $15 million per month at the moment. Exactly. And so I don't think anyone's out there going to say, this is, this is going to be a company that's going to grow like Netflix or Amazon, but, <laughs> but they are, they are, they could very easily be a profitable going concern. Yeah. Um, and the message, and is- they had a plan to do this. Correct. They exactly had a right. plan to do this, right. And they were about to do this and they said to their billionaire backers, so um, they, they know, uh, the Commonwealth Bank's given them a $200 million facility. They've drawn down about a quarter of that, I think, um, and uh, a little bit less maybe. And then, and that's been backed by the likes of um, Murdoch and who's the Bruce boy? Gordon. Bruce from Gordon, Wind. that's it. Wind Television, uh, based in the southern New Sydney. Right. So they, they had a little bit of firepower there. They, they could do some stuff. But then these guys came out and said, mm, they sent them a letter saying, well, you do just like to very friend, <laughs> kindly remind you yeah. that as directors of this company, yes. if you are trading and borrowing money uh, as a, um, uh, what's the term for it? Um, if you're insolvent. If you are, thank you. If you are insolvent, do you realize that you are personally liable? You and your personal assets are personally liable here. Are you sure you want to do this um, without, you know, three seconds worth of consideration? They turned around and said, "We're going into voluntary administration, just like that." Now, the, 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 I'm, I'm fitting in a whole bunch of stuff here. You are. The, the conspiracy then is that, well, maybe these guys are now looking to, allegedly, uh, allegedly, <laughs> now looking to use that to. They've all lost hundreds of millions of dollars on on this, yep. and now they may be able to buy it back on the cheap and yep. recoup some of that money. Yeah. So lots of stuff there, Andrew. The first thing is the studio, the Network 10 had done deals with most of the studios. Mm-hmm. They were waiting for 21st Century Fox to basically agree to a lower price for the content voluntarily. Yep. Yep. And if they'd done that, then 10 were ready to go to other, trying to find other backers to replace the loan they had with Commonwealth Bank. Right. If that had been done, they might have been able to keep themselves afloat. So that's the first thing. Yep. Second thing, as you said, Bruce Gordon, Lachlan Murdoch, or, the, or, or News Corp more broadly, or actually it was Lachlan Murdoch's private company, um, they have a shareholding in 10. They're also guaranteeing the loan to the Commonwealth Bank. So effectively, CBA said to 10, we'll give you some money, but don't forget your billionaire mates to guarantee the loan. Yeah. Now, as soon so as... CBA's sitting pretty, really. Right, I mean, exactly. they can't lose here. Correct. The question is, and, and trading the is important, right? So as a director, you can't allow your business to trade, op- to operate, if you don't believe you can pay your bills. Mm. And so the question was... It's a bro- was, breach of the Corporations Act. Correct. So the yeah. question was put to them by Gordon and Murdoch, who have that debt, who, who basically they're on the hook for it. If, mm. if 10 loses more money, 
then Gordon and Murdoch are effectively further in the hole. Yeah. So they're saying, well, guys, I, you know, stop stop spending money here. Mm-hmm. You, if you lose money every single month, the more money you borrow from the Commonwealth Bank, the more money you're losing. And mm. this is the challenge. They hadn't drawn the full 200 million yet. Mm. They'd drawn down some of it and they had to draw down more to pay wages. Yep. And the guys are saying, look, stop, stop. This is silly. You're, 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 you're basically stop. trading yeah. insolvent. And yeah. so that's that was, their, that was their allegation. They said to the directors, if you keep doing this, if you destroy more value, we will come after you personally if, yeah. if you're if you're proven to have done the wrong thing. Yeah. Directors, as you said, said, well, are we so sure we're going to win that court case? Are we so sure things are going to be okay? Mm. We hope it is, but we're not so sure. Frankly, I would, have done the, I would have done the same in their situation. It's, I, I think they had a pretty credible plan if they were sort of able to execute on all of that. But yep. do you really want to risk your entire... I mean, this is... When it, when it gets personal like that, I think things really come into sharp focus. Now, here's the thing. If you're a Channel 10 shareholder, you're probably going to do your dough. Yeah, there's probably not going to be a payday at the end of this process. Um, the the administrators are now working on behalf of the creditors, the mm-hmm. people who ten owes money to. That's their first priority. Yeah. After that, if there's any money left, you might get some cash back. And again, as you say, Andrew, ten can be a business ongoing, mm. but whether that business is owned by the current shareholders and in what form is still an open question. You might remember back in the day, Channel Nine was private once upon a time, owned right. by CVC. Yep. The debt holders basically took over that company, yep. and they were the ones who floated it back onto the market. And so did all right may from yet, that. Correct. So yep. sometimes it's better to hold the debt than the equity. In yes. this case, that might still be the same. Bruce Gordon, Lachlan Murdoch may end up being the majority shareholders. They newly capitalized, brand new version of Channel 10, looked the same probably to consumers, but a very different back-end business, mostly owned by those two billionaires. If, and this is the big if, the change in media ownership rules are pushed through. And so this is also bringing, bringing that to a head. The government were already planning to introduce some changes to those rules. Mm. Channel 10's predicament really forces their hand to either say, if you want to let Mur- Murdoch and Gordon save this business, you got to put that stuff through because they can't take over 10 now because of different various rules that basically stop them doing that. There's a reach rule and a two out of three rule. Mm. Won't go into horrible detail, but effectively the current rules don't allow Murdoch and Gordon to take over 10. Mm. So either it's going to be sold to somebody else or the government's going to have to change the rules. I think there's a couple of lessons here. We'll wrap it up and then move on. The the one I think is here is our own uh, Mike King, um, one of our writers. Uh, yeah, basically likened, you know, before all of this sort of happened, he called it well in advance, but he likened it to picking up five cent pieces in front of a steamroller. And I think we're all guilty. I know I'm a sucker for a falling share price. Nice I like line. I like a bargain. You know, you look at 10, I, I think objectively you say, yes, it's in all kinds of trouble, but geez, it's cheap. Um, you know, you know, they'll sort themselves out. It's, it's in the price is one of those sayings that you hear a lot of in the market. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, those of us of a value investing bent can sort of say, yes, all these troubles. And it's really, I know it's worked out for you in the past. Um, uh, what was the, um, that retailer, uh, uh, Bonds and... Pacific um, Brands. Thank you, Pacific Brands. I mean, what a nightmare debacle that was. <laughs> you picked it well, you know, and they turned around. And, and, and when it works out, it can work out very nicely. But yep. when it doesn't, yep. it, it can be very dangerous. So I guess that's the, the lesson here is that when you're looking at this, you need to be pretty confident in, in your analysis because this can easily go to zero and there's no way out of that hole. That's the, that's the key point. No matter how cheap it is, you can still lose 100% of whatever you invest. Yeah, yep. Motley Fool Money. Financial advice for real people, not trust fund hippies. Sign up for the newsletter at fool.com.au forward slash triple M. Let's go from one from the sublime? Em- embattled company to another. <laughs>
<laughs> well, maybe not so. Um, Qantas. Yes. Um, we, we love to put the boot into airlines. Don't we? Um, you know, and, and, and there's... Fly them, don't buy them, Andrew. Fly them, don't buy them. I love Trademark. that saying. Good enough. Um, uh, but um, someone could easily say, well, that might be the case. But man, these things, if you had bought these a few years ago, you have gotten a five-fold increase in your money. Not even a few years ago, but a couple of years ago. A couple of like, years uh, ago. Eight months, two years ago. Not like even that. that long. I mean, yep. shares have just been on a tear. Alan Joyce has done a fantastic job. Yep. We are seeing the share price getting back to its all-time highs. Back in 2007, shares hit $6.07. Yep. And uh, they fell all the way down to below a dollar. <laughs> but now they've come back up again. So and in 10 years, you've made exactly... Well, you've Zero? made nothing. Right, okay. Um, Just th checking. And and there was a little bit of a, a story there because they received a takeover offer, right? Oh, man. This is this is such a good story. And you know what? We, we see takeover offers and we kind of... Uh, Vocus, which is I know a company you like, Andrew, currently undergoing a takeover offer right now. It's tempting to look at those things and say, oh, they're taking this business, they're getting it for cheap. It's, you mm. know, it's whatever. Back in the day, Margaret Jackson, who was then Qantas chairwoman, was saying, this is a great deal for shares. You should take the deal. And what, she was what was pillory. the deal again? What was, was the five forty-five? Right from a from a, a group of a, a joint venture put together in December '06 mm -hmm. to take Qantas. And it was trading then about four forty. Mm. So they offered a good deal above, you know, twenty-five odd percent above the current their then current market price to take Qantas private at five forty-five. Margaret Jackson said, "This is a great deal, Shell. You better take this. This is this is a this is a Monty." Jeff Dixon, I'm pretty sure the then CEO said the same thing. Other people come out and said, no, this is a, taking our airline away. This is a great national icon and they're offering too cheap a price and whatever, whatever. Mm. Margaret Jackson doesn't get the credit that she deserves, quite frankly. Sometimes we would say ourselves, this is a, this is too cheap a price. We yeah. shouldn't let this business go, right? Yep. In other circumstances, man, when you're offering 25% above the then high price for Qantas mm. and you say no, mm. and then over the next 10 years, you are still underwater, you know, it, uh, you're going to be a little bit careful when you say no to these sort of takeover offers. Just sometimes the person offering you the cash is going to pay you more than the company. Oh, shareholders have been far, far better off had they done it, even with the share price now sort of coming back to those levels. Yeah, that's, and there's been a few dividends along the way, not a lot. Um, well, know, they cut the dividend for six years. Right, right. They've only just reinstated it. The share price now is 550 odd, right? Yep. Over the 10 years since that, 11 years since that takeover, the company's earned a total mm. of 82 cents a share. Yeah. Total, not per year, total. Less than a buck in total earnings. Mm. So that, that's, that's a, that's a, it's terrible. Annualize that. If, if you annualize, say eight, eight cents a year, roughly, yeah, right? Yeah. That's, you're paying 60 times earnings yeah. for that airline over that period of time. And they yeah. they said no. Yeah. Uh, you okay. Know, I, I okay. just think it's, you know, there, there are right. times when you should take the takeover offer. Thank, say thank you very much. Yes. Take the money and run. Yes. Yes. Bird in the hand type stuff. You know it. Uh, okay. <laughs> But, but that was then. Yes, this, this is now. This is now. It is. And Take we, the we, money. We have we have uh, a company that is whose earnings are in much oh. better shape. They're in so good shape that, as I said, they've been able to reinstate the dividend. Now, although the share price has been on an absolute tear, you know, you could I, I'll quote you some. Well, some, relatively, right? Uh, well, uh, relatively, yeah, yeah, definitely. But I'll, I'll quote you some numbers here. Mm -hmm. the, the good old PE ratio, a favorite uh, amongst investors. The share price divided by its earnings it yes. gives you a, a, a read on on how expensive or cheap something is. It's only about ten, which relative to you know historical norms is is pretty low. Um, they're paying a yield which two and a half percent, not terrible in this low interest rate environment. Is you know is this the, the industry is much more sort of consolidated now? They've now got a low carrier, a low cost carrier, so they can compete start, on correct. multiple fronts. Yep. I'm I'm trying to play devil's advocate here. <laughs> you really really why, are. Why? Why is it such a terrible deal? I wouldn't invest it with your money, Andrew. Here's mm -hmm. the thing. Airline share prices are horribly, horribly cyclical because airline profits 
are horribly cyclical. Mm. Qantas has done really well over the last couple of years because the oil price crashed. Remember back a few years ago, the oil price was over 100 bucks a barrel. Yep. Now seeing it 40-ish, give or take 45 bucks a barrel, that that saving goes straight to the bottom line. Yeah. Other than the airline, other than the planes themselves, mm. oil is the highest cost item, mm. jet fuel, for airlines. And so if that falls, then you make a lot of money for a little while. Yep. And here's the thing. The last 40 years of experience in airlines, and, and our producer Liam is on the way in the studio, airlines, don't you guys hate those things? Like, you know what we really, really do. <laughs> um, that, this is why. Qantas over that 10-year period earns a total of 80 cents in profit yeah. for the $5 you would have paid for the shares 10 years ago. Mm. It's, it's just a crap industry because what happens over time is as costs come down, so do airfares, mm. because every airline wants to put more bums on more seats, that means you, 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 your margins get squashed. When mm. your margins get squashed, your profits fall. Mm. And all of a sudden, you look back at five fifty a share and go, man, it would have been nice if I'd sold at that price. Okay. Pass on Qantas then. So, and, and you know, if yes. <laughs> I'll get off my soapbox, but on the way off, I will say, sell your Qantas shares if you own them. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's pretty good advice. Take and, the money and run. Um, you know, yeah. Although it would have been an incredible investment and well done to you if you had been in it in the last few years. Motley Fool Money. For more, go to fool.com.au forward slash triple M. Let's talk about energy. Um, we all pay energy bills. We do. Um, it's a pretty big cost for a lot of for a lot of us. And it looks as though those costs are going to go up. And not just a little bit. <laughs> costs are going to go up by about 20% or so. So Origin's come out and said it. Uh, energy Australia's come out and said it. I'm not sure if AGL have yet announced any price increases, but these are very, very substantial price increases. Yeah. And the rationale for it is, is well, really they're saying, well, it costs us more yep. to produce it. And we it does, to be fair. We, we need to pass that on, yep. you know. Um, they, they are heavily regulated industries. They can't just charge whatever they like. Yep. But, but, you know, they have been given the go-ahead for a fairly substantial increase. So there's a couple of questions here. We said at the start, well, we need to talk about what this means for us as consumers and as investors. Yes. For consumers, it sucks. <laughs> I think that's... And it sucks. It, this is a 20% increase, right? When's the last time you got a 20% pay rise? It's, it's likely, what, six, 700 bucks per year extra for an average household. Phenomenal. It's, a, Phenomenal. it's a really, really big increase. Yeah. But then you could sort of put your investor hat on and go, well, actually, the company that I could potentially invest in is now going to be able to charge 20% more. Is is that not a good deal? Is that not something that I should now run the ruler a little bit closer over some of these businesses? No. Why not? <laughs> because the, 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 because you, you made the good point. It's regulated as an industry. Yeah. The reality is that they are allowed to charge more because their costs have gone up. Mm. And this is the really important part, right? If you get a 20% price increase, you think, great, I'm making 20% more money. If your costs go up by more than that, you actually could be making even less money after after those costs are included. So never ever look at just the price of a product, whether that's a can of Coke, whether that's a car, whether that's a, a you know a, a kilowatt of power. It's all about your costs relative to those prices. Mm -hmm. And so yes, they're charging more, but it's costing them a hell of a lot more to produce that energy. In fact, the retailers don't produce the energy anymore, although some have a, a combination mm -hmm. business. The generators are producing energy, and it's more expensive to produce a kilowatt of electricity now than it was a year ago or two years ago or five years ago. Mm. And there's a couple of reasons for that. The first is that a lot of the old polluting brown coal power stations are actually being shut down. Mm -hmm. So it's a win for the environment, mm -hmm. but it's going to cost us more in our power bills because the old high polluting brown coal power stations right next door to a coal plant, they, they spewed out a, a truckload of carbon monoxide, mm. but on the way through made really, really, really cheap energy. So it's and a so supply and demand dynamic there. A bit right. of the supply's fallen away. Yep. Uh, gas is in lower All supply. Equal. That gas is going overseas. Yep. So that's going up as well. Yep. So if you're an energy retailer, you can't use gas to provide that mm -hmm. opportunity. You, you're really stuck between the devil and the deep blue sea. All of your costs are going up. Mm. And so you're having to pass that on to the retailers and they pass that on 
to the consumers. I guess there's also the big structural issue that we're facing as well too. So the renewables are becoming more and more competitive, such yeah. a hot button topic, I know. So the, the, everyone will have a different view on this, but I think history, recent history would sort of tell us that, that things are very much going in that direction. Yeah. The cost of, of production for those technologies are coming down at a very, very rapid rate. There's just a, there's, there's non-economic considerations that go into uh, to a lot of people's thinking as well. So that is a huge challenge for them. The market itself is is very, very mature. It's not growing. Although there's a population increase and yep. although we might have more devices, we are far more energy efficient these days as well. So in terms of the sort of the kilowatt hours we are using per person, yep. um, despite all the added gadgets we're using, actually going down a little bit there as well. So, so let's so take all that together. If you think about the structure of this industry, mm. you've got an industry that isn't growing. In fact, mm. it's contracting. Mm. So if you, you these are massive fixed cost businesses, right? You've got a, you've got a billion dollar coal plant or energy plant, right? Yep. It, it's there, it's in the ground, you spent the money, yep. okay? You're now putting out less energy than you used to. Yeah. So that cost, the, the, the fixed cost, has to be spread over less and less kilowatt hours being put out, to mm. your point. And mm. so what, what does it mean? Well, if you've got to have it spread, let, let's take a really extreme example, right? If you're paying a buck a kilowatt hour and you've got a billion dollar plant, mm. if you produce half as much energy, the fixed cost double per kilowatt energy provided. Mm. So the less energy is pulled out, the more that energy that is being produced costs on a fractionalized basis. Mm. Hold a lot of jargon in there. Effectively, what it means is if you've got a fixed cost, you want as much possible volume as you can to keep prices low. Yep. Now you've got prices going up, which makes people use less energy. You've got more solar being put in, which makes people use less energy. I've got mm. a panels on the roof and a Tesla power wall at the back, as we've talked about before. Mm -hmm. So I'm using less power. As we all lose less power, what happens? The price for those remaining kilowatt hours keeps going up and up and up. What does it do? That pushes more people to solar. Yeah. And so you've got this really bad for the energy companies, vicious circle, which says the more expensive it is, the less of it gets used. The less of it gets used, the more expensive it is. And that gets really ugly really, really quickly. It's a win for the environment, by the way, because it makes solar and other renewables much more cost effective, even without subsidies. All of a sudden, you're looking at that going, well, hang on, I used to pay. So I got my, I got my uh, email the other day from Energy Australia. Instead of 24 cents a kilowatt hour, I'm now paying 29 cents a kilowatt hour. Oof. Now, I'm thinking about Tesla power walls. I'm thinking about solar panels. I'm thinking, well, what if I put another couple of panels on the roof? Mm. What if I put another a power wall out the back? Yes, it's going to cost me a lot of money up front, but geez, if I'm paying an extra, to your point, 600, 700 bucks a year, it starts to pay itself back really, really quickly. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, we can also, again, history is a great teacher and, you know, Origin is listed on the market. It it, is. It's, it's been around for a while and you, you look at the performance of this thing over the 10 years. I mean, share prices has been terrible. You know, you've done, you've not done well as a shareholder, but as a business itself, you know, the earnings are basically unchanged from where they yeah. were after 10 years. Forget <laughs> inflation and exactly. the rest of it. I mean, yeah. that alone tells you that this is a very, very tough uh, industry to sort of operate in. Mm -hmm. Modly for money. So, mate, we've, um, we've covered a bit of territory on today's podcast we have and we've talked about three channel 10 Qantas and now energy indeed um geez do we have we have to give listeners something worth uh getting excited about is it, what, you're not going to invest in any of those things i'll put you on the spot here because listeners completely unrehearsed i'm just gonna throw it out there for you mate Excellent. i feel Thanks, as though Andrew. we need to i feel as though we need to end on a high what would you be buying today? We've, we've saved people money from owning free-to-air television networks and, and <laughs> energy retailers and airlines. And you're saying you want more than that. I want more. You want more than that. Give me something. Here's the thing. You want to go where growth is coming from. Mm. Like the, you can have a great business that doesn't grow if you can keep your costs under control, if you can do everything else properly, right? Yep. Yep. But all else being equal, the old guard is always disrupted by innovation. If mm -hmm. you're not disrupting yourself, someone's disrupting you. Yep. I'm not a fan of growth for its own sake. There's, there's a whole lot of palaver that goes behind that. Mm. 
But effectively, as a business, if you're not growing, if you're not innovating, if you're not changing and, and doing some new things, that is really going to start to cost you money. So generally speaking, if I'm looking for businesses that are going to do well over the next 5, 10, 15, 20 years, mm. I'm looking for businesses that have the either the proven capacity and the proven experience mm. or the potential to actually be those disruptors, either changing by themselves or changing other people's businesses and actually you know, being being the future. That, that's what it comes down to, right? Mm -hmm. If you're just doing the stuff you've always done, other people are going to disrupt you. Look at energy with solar. Look at airlines with effectively, well, airlines probably not directly, but transport. Mm -hmm. Think about the Ubers of the world, the Airbnbs. These are things that have been disrupted. Airlines disrupting themselves, frankly, with low-cost airlines. The Jetstar model, for example, and Qantas is well to catch on to that, but it's kept them alive. Like Jetstar hasn't helped Qantas grow. Yeah. It's just basically stopped it being killed. So. Yeah. Disruption it matters a lot. And when it comes to, to free-to-air, we've talked a lot about it before. I think free-to-air networks are in real challenge. They've got to have to adapt to a digital format or digital environment somehow. Yes. It's it's the growth that makes the difference. So I think that's a really, really important part. Think about autonomous driving. Think about all that kind of stuff. You know, so many bits of disruption really across across the board. Speaking of that, I'm going to throw out a name. It's a small cap name that I like quite a bit. It's, a, it's probably more risky than we normally talk about. Mm -hmm. It's going to be called Aconex. The code is ACX. Aconex, it's a cloud provider of uh, services for the construction industry. Yeah. It helps them do their business better. It allows pro uh, project managers to pull together the architects and the builders and the suppliers and the everything else mm. into one solid platform. It's a cloud platform. Mm. Instead of having to send disks across, print out paperwork and blueprints, this thing does it all online. Just need a connection. Yep. It's small. It's not yet making a lot of money. It's got a long way to go. But it may just be one of those success stories that disrupted existing industry, which is the existing construction management industry, and make something of it. There you go. And before you return the favor, I'm going to wrap <laughs> this thing up. Thank you very much for that, Scott. Next week, you're on the hook. Next Andrew. week, I'll Next be week. on the hook. Um, remember, you can subscribe to Triple M's Motley Fool Money podcast through iTunes or your favorite Android podcast app. And, and in fact, you should subscribe because next week, oh. we are going to talk about some small caps that we like a lot. Yes, small cap investing. I'm, I'm a big fan and uh, there's a lot to say there. So yes, very, very nice preview. We'll talk about that next week. So make sure week. you subscribe. You don't want to miss it. Yes, please do. And give us a nice big fat five-star rating while you're at it, if you would be so kind. But until next week, fall on. Fall on. The Motley Fool and people appearing in this program may have positions in the companies mentioned. General advice only. Please speak to your financial professional to understand how it may pertain to your situation. Subscribe to the free newsletter at fool.com.au forward slash triple M. The Motley Fool operates under financial services license 400691.